We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Heat Beat Podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Carlo Navas, and with me today, producer and co-founder, Brian Glenn. What's up, everybody? Brian, I hear that you're playing a lot of Star Wars uh, Battlefront something with Alex. I hear you're bad. I, he- I hear you're getting better, though. I hear so, you're improving. I'm getting better. Uh, um, I've been training a lot with with my uh, my Jedi Master, mm. uh, Alex Toledo, mm. at Tropical Blanket on Trappy Twitter. Baby, yeah. <laughs> um, I, 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 know, I know he's the enemy. I know, I, know uh, I shouldn't be doing this, but... You know, sometimes you have to tinker with the dark side to find the light side. Exactly. And that's going to be a great transition to what we're going to talk about today, which is improving as a community. We are going to help the Heat get better. We are going to Jedi help their clutch time offense. Also joining us today, Kenny. What's up? What's going on, man? I feel like a casual because I've been over here playing GTA the past week and a half or something. You and Nikaias. I've been seeing Nikaias. Nikaias is playing that lately, too. Yeah, because they did the... um. The PS5 version is out now. Kenny, and it's free oh, online. So. I'm gonna do. A, I'm gonna do a little coaching right now. You're gonna. I want you to scooch to the right to get in frame. Right. Look at the production window. That's listen. We're coaching here, yeah. baby. We're doing some. We're doing coaching here. Unlike Spo Miami last Heavy. night, huh? <laughs> Unless did you say unlike Spo last night. Yeah. Damn the Spo slander. Out in full force. Okay, so what fix in chat says I am sufficiently recovered from last night's game, and I am ready for more Miami Heat content. We got you. And listen, I I don't think it's right when the team loses to be the doom and gloom show. It's a regular yeah. season game in March. That's going to mm-hmm. a road regular season game in March. Now, we can be upset and kind of embarrassed and, you know, downright frustrated as to what happened. Shit, I am. I don't like seeing Joel Embiid happy on the sideline. I know Brian doesn't. I know I Kenny doesn't. It. it was annoying, right, Kenny? You just see him fucking happy. You're just like, I don't want that guy happy. I don't like that, dude. That's it's <laughs> yeah. weird enough, like, for years now. Because I typically either really like an NBA player or don't care. 
Joel Embiid and James Harden have been the only players that I absolutely fucking hate. And now they're on the same team. And so I don't want to see them be successful at all. I don't want to see them smile. I don't yeah. want to see them have a good time. That. I hate it. Yeah, it sucks. But I do think there's stuff to take away from that game. That And the other thing is, is like, Brian, I think there's some people on Heat Twitter that go a little far, right? I think that yeah. that there's ways to talk about this team without saying, oh, well, guys, season's over. Pack it up. They're flawed. Because... It's a little void of perspective, and it's unfair to the amount of success that they've had, especially relative to their years. Yeah. Right? I Honestly, like, the shit that I see all the time on Twitter, <laughs> like, I like to be doom and gloom just because I think it's funny. You're good at it. But holy shit, there's, I, I can't name them, but there are certain accounts on Twitter who probably know who they are that spread this, like, fucking bile on the timeline. Because yeah. I don't know, are they trying to get clout? Are they trying to just get the likes because they they want interactivity? Because it, it's that's that's what's popping the timeline in terms of their content, their engagement. That's what's getting them those, those new fault. Like, what's the purpose of you shitting on your own team if you're a Heat fan? Let's let's that's just weird. let's call out these people by name and let's start with Dos, <laughs> let's start with let's start with Dos Minutos because last night on Twitter he said. He said a lot of stuff, including don't see how the Heat recover from this loss. See you next season. <laughs> you know, that's that shout was out to the deuces, though. Shout that, out, no. that shit's like the Mike Ryan deuces. Don't, no shout out tweet. to the deuces. Somebody tweets at <laughs> Dose. This game really showed us how much we miss Hassan Whiteside. Dose, re- Dose responded, I've been saying this for years. <laughs> okay. Crap Smut Peddler then says, the Heat will be lucky to hang on to the eighth seed. <laughs> that was the state of Heat Twitter last night. It was, you know, it was, it was, you know, it was a lot of, um, it was a lot of. That feels like Mike a bit. Oh, no, that no, feels no, a little bit like a bit. No dub, Brian. It's a bit. <laughs> They're parroting <laughs> hot take, Harry. No guys are common sense Heat fan. It's like all the fucking doomy and gloomiest people. But don't don't forget Chef Truly and and Truly everybody. So I just want to oh, talk man. about. I want to talk about what's been going on with their late game offense and not make it indicative of something that it's not. And I, I want to start... You mean, you mean responding to John Hollinger in particular? Yeah, right? like, I thought Hollinger mm-hmm. had an interesting tweet where he says, you know, something to the effect of, well, this is just a, this is just random NBA stuff, you know, in March. But if I'm the Heat, I'm a little concerned as to how much Hero gets hunted. And, you know, to me, that stood out, and I saw a lot of Heat fans get mad at that. And I was like, I mean, I feel like that's a perfectly legitimate, like, point. And I think a lot of the criticisms of Miami's late-game offense is legitimately, like, valid in criticism. It's like, Jimmy's jumper's really bad this year. The jumper's broken. He has no lift on his legs. It, I think part of it is the no lift on the legs and, and the years of wrist injuries. They're just not... They don't have enough of a downhill kind of presence, kind of in-pick-and-roll, getting to the rim to, to, to kind of uh, leverage those late-game situations. It's a lot of jump shots, and they're bad against size and switching, and I think that's all valid. Let's start a little bit defensively with Tyler Hero, uh, Kenny, because I know that he's yeah. your boy. He's Moose's boy. You're yeah. drip drop. I'm going to read to you Heat net ratings in the clutch by player. Now, I, before I read these, people on the timeline were like, oh, here we go again, individual net rating. You're all, you know, that's a correct take. I think the only time that, that's, that you can use individual net rating is in clutch minutes because the problem with individual net ratings away from that is you don't have a comparison as to on and off the floor. That's why I always tweet like, okay, 
this net on versus this net off. In the clutch, these guys are largely only playing these minutes, and there's not the sample's too small to do on off. So, like, just the aggregate number is really what you want because you just want the most encompassing of when this guy's on the floor, this is what these look like. Because in the clutch, you know, Jimmy's going to be out there, Kyle's going to be out there. Like, it's typically the same guys. And for a guy like Hero, who's been pretty consistent in the lineup, like, he's playing with those guys most. So, the individual net ratings, Kenny, are Caleb Martin, plus 17. Max Struess, plus 17. Duncan Robinson, minus one. P.J. Tucker, minus three. These are rounded to the nearest, uh, you know, by the way. Uh, Jimmy Butler, minus four. Kyle Lowry, minus seven. Bam Adebayo, minus 13. And Tyler Hero, minus 17. And those are really the, the big name Heat players other than Max, mm-hmm. who just had a fucking plus 17. So I had to throw it in there, Kenny. Yeah. What is your takeaway just from that raw data? Um, I don't take too much from it. I think the stuff that's also from the John Harzer tweet. Or that, that was on, no, that was me. Yeah. That was that was that was independent yeah. research. <laughs> Clutch numbers are weird, man. It's it is. It's fucking weird. It is. I, weird. I don't really know how to gauge that. But stuff, they're not honestly. good in the clutch. I think we know. Yeah. Which, and yeah. and they're like the all their players are minus except for Caleb and Struz. And for some reason, yeah. Casey Akpala. <laughs> He's like plus like. That reminded me of like that that Savant clip in the beginning of um, Hangover Time. Are you minus seventeen? Like, in a minute? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, whatever, man. This is a bad clutch team in offense. It's fine. Let's just hope they beat teams' ass or whatever. I just want to get more into like the stuff about Tyler Hero getting hunted. I think that stuff is. An easier fix than people are really giving credit to. It's just I just don't know why Spoh's not doing it. Well, gee, yeah. How how hard? And I know you're putting you on the spot, but how hard would it be to find some clutch offense numbers from the bubble run? Um, Probably not. Like, like basically in the that, that during the regular season. And now I kind of want to see what it was in the playoffs. If you can't. I can probably maybe look for it. Just, I, can, I know you I probably can, know off the top I can of your do that. Let's it. just let's just hope I don't drop frames on OBS uh, when I open <laughs> another Chrome tab. So uh, I can I can sure try, but you know to to the point. And, and Brian, I, I want to ask you about this. So yeah, the reason why I brought up those numbers is because obviously the the hero minus seventeen is what like really stands out. However, yes. it's not what you think. It's the offense is stinky, not the the defense is not great, but the defense is really not the issue. I mean, it, it's not good, but it's not like it's like, oh, it's a 136 defensive rating. You know what I mean? It's like a 110 yeah. defensive rating when he's on the floor in the clutch. And I think that is kind of you can recover from that a little bit. And and I tweeted out Jimmy Bam, PJ Lowry Hero in the aggregate. That's plus seven net rating with a 97 defense rating. That's elite. Sub 100 defense mm-hmm. rating. That's elite. Swap out Hero for Duncan. That lineup's plus 14 with a 98 defensive rating in 375 minutes. Those four guys, Jimmy, PJ, Bam, and Lowry, they can cover up for a guy's deficiency defensively. Mm-hmm. And I thought late in that game, Hero was hunted. And it wasn't until I think the last real offensive possession Philly had that Jimmy came to help. They swing mm-hmm. the ball. They have a negative offensive possession. There are ways to circumvent that, Brian, but I think that some of the hero stuff is a little bit blown out of proportion, and I think it's more of an offensive thing as as a whole, not so much on hero. 
I think yesterday was probably I want to say an outlier, but probably of of the worst defensive moments that we see in the clutch for Tyler. Probably his worst highlight reel. It's because it happened in five straight possessions and he ran the same exact play. Mm-hmm. So they, I mean, when you see it that way, like, yeah, it looks really bad on Tyler because it makes you question whether or not he can do that in the playoffs and, and survive. I mean, we saw in the Lakers series that they pretty much went after both Duncan and Tyler, um, you know, to, towards it towards the end of those games. But if I'm just thinking Tyler by himself as a contributor in these four quarter minutes, you need him because he gives you the best three level scoring on his team outside of maybe Lowry at this point. He's been showing a little bit more life on offense over the last couple of games. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. if you need someone to get you a three point shot because you're down three or you're down five points, you need a quick three, you need a quick, just quick two point mid range shot. Cause a lot of the times we've been questioning the heat's offense and they had a lead. This game, they didn't have the lead. They were down five points, and he almost came back and tied it towards the end until they mm-hmm. obviously gave a few fouls, and then Tyrese Maxey hit a couple fucking crazy-ass threes, which no matter who you put on defense at that point, yeah. they weren't stopping that shot. So in a way, like, yeah, Tyler's defense sucked, but he made some shots that no matter what, like th- those were going to go in no matter who was defending him. If it was bam, it would be the same thing. I don't so, necessarily agree with that, and we can get into that, but I do have the numbers you asked for. Uh, the Heat, in their bubble playoff run, they had a 39 net rating, a 135 offensive rating, and a 97 defensive rating in the clutch. So, the, obviously, that is yeah. basically... Yeah. I think some of these numbers are also kind of tainted from a lot of these blown leads that they've had against like teams yeah. like the Jazz, too. In the like, regular blew, season, like, that year, Brian, yeah. they were minus oh, 14. That, no, that year? They okay, were mi- in the finals year, they were minus 14. And that's bad too. And they and they still were able to have those great fourth quarter runs that we saw and that we're grown accustomed to throughout each of those first three runs. I mean, they blew out the Bucks in the first three games on just fourth quarter runs alone. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was shredding. It was it was and, and I, I still think that they can do a lot of that against certain teams like Milwaukee, right? Where they can just shred, you know, a drop defense because I think they've shown that they can do that this year. Um yeah, I think oh go ahead, Kenny. Yeah, so as far as Tyler last night in the clutch, on all, well, in general, he just wasn't making shots. He had good looks all throughout the game. He was just missing. And so I think in the typical Tyler Hero game, we don't even really care that much about those defensive possessions. Now, on the defensive possessions, I am a little frustrated with not even just the Heat, but in general with teams just giving up the switch the other team is hunting. I'm not sure why you necessarily have to do that. Maybe you have more insight on that, G, but I do think at times you can head to recover and I think, or just have everybody but Tyler switch. I think they did that in the finals. After a while, they just had everybody except for Duncan switch. Duncan, you had to head to get back. So I'll say this because in the finals run, that's what they did. And it worked until they got to the Lakers because LeBron is just a different animal, right? LeBron is yeah. the ultimate apex predator of finding the weakest link on defense. The Celtics did it some, but Tatum is just not that guy like LeBron is. And the Bucs don't do hunt offense. They just, they really mm-hmm. don't. Um, so the, Miami got away with a lot with Dragic and with Hero. And they played both of them together a lot of the time, right? So it's like just two gaping holes in your defense. And it was just hedge, recover, send help, rotate. And that's really Miami's defensive principles now. The issue is Tyler, you know, when you get Tyler isolated, you know, and we've talked about the length a lot. He doesn't have the size to kind of 
give a cushion and give a good closeout. So, mm-hmm. you know, he's given Maxi enough space and Maxi can shoot off the dribble where that becomes a little problematic. I do think that they can send help a little earlier. And we've seen that go haywire. We've talked about that on pods before. Jimmy is kind of splitting the difference or Kyle splitting the difference. And that's an easy pass to open three. So it's it's certainly an issue. And it's been an issue all year. And I don't think they have a great feel on how to solve that problem yet. But mm-hmm. I do think that that is more matchup specific than we think. Because again, the, the Bucks don't, do a great job at matchup hunting. And if Middleton is running, like Middleton's the only guy who really does it, but is, is Chris Middleton like super duper scaring you? Not, not really. Game. Yeah. And you can, and you can mix in some traps and some doubles. And there are things that you can do late in game that he's not getting the same look every single time down the floor. The late mm-hmm. doubles I'd have an issue with. If you double, it has to be an early double. I'm sorry. You, you should, you should late double so that they can't swing the ball. The early double, I feel, gives the offense a little too much time to swing, swing, and find the open man. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I think what Fix said also agreed. I wish we would stop. Oh, they say you would stop the late clock doubles. Um, I, I think that you know you kind of want to do that so they have less time to work with, and you have to take a shot. You know, you now you have the the clock working with you. So I and I we could talk about Jimmy as well because Jimmy sure sure has his warts. But what really was I mean their their defense wasn't good, but their offense is just in the mud all times and against a team that had DeAndre Jordan and the fucking corpse of Paul Millsap. I need a fucking camera, man. Um, it's pretty inexcusable. Yeah, I think they should have been able to figure something out. But again, their best score was having a rough night and so was Max. Duncan, honestly, don't even remember. I think he was fine in the first half. I was like halfway. Duncan was like two for six or something or whatever. Just to listen, yeah, they just their shooters. Yeah, it was just a weird. They just couldn't make shots. I their think, shooters I had a like, bad night, and like I, yeah. I just don't want to make this more indicative of what it is. I think the fourth quarter stuff is legit. I think that the, the yeah. stuff with heroes legit. They can do a couple things, like I said. They can send help a little earlier. They can mix up help coverages and stuff like that. And I know, Brian, you see you nodding your head. That's about what they could do. But we have a minute sample that's big enough to show they can offset that because I think Miami's strength is when they're in rotation. A lot of teams Mm -hmm. don't like to be in rotation. I think the Heat are really good at it because they have a lot of guys that are really scary in the passing lane. They rotate really well. They take charges really well, too. They get to the spots early. They all know where they got to be. So when Miami's in rotation, it's different than when other teams are in rotation. So if you can force that pass and that ball movement, I think that that's something Miami would much rather take than here on an island. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You, you look stressed. <sighs> I just, I don't know, like... We're the one seed, baby. F- part of me feels like we're not seeing any of the good late-game offense or defense because so- Spo is just saving it for the playoffs. I don't think Spo's saving it. I just think they're bad at it. But I think that they'll have enough to kind of patch but together. I feel like he did some different stuff in the playoffs that we weren't really seeing during the bubble run. I think he kind of does it every year, though, right? That he'll just bring something out in the playoffs. I mean... That he hasn't done. Like, the 2-3 yeah. zone, obviously, was something he did try in the regular season, but... I felt like it was a little bit different against the Boston. They better not run that in a clutch playoff scenario. Like, I don't want to see 2-3 zone to close out a fucking game. I don't know if I trust this team to do 2-3 zone for a whole series. I can see it for, like, a game, but I can't trust it for four. To get four wins? They don't have the length to do it like they used to. I think Derek and Redacted were pretty important to that zone because of the size. And I just don't think they're a little smaller, which really hasn't hurt them because they've been able to make up that size. But the one place that you cannot replace that size is the way that they ran that zone, which was incredibly special, where they put the bigs up top and the guards Mm -hmm. on the bottom, and they made getting kind of getting an entry pass hell. But I do like the idea of them throwing different looks in in, in the playoffs. Like, I'd rather have them try off different defensive looks on on guys like Kevin Durant if they play him the first round. I obviously don't want him to be, you know, just... On isolate, like if he can try to double double him, have him swing the ball, try to force some of these other guys that you know are not gonna. You're hoping that guys like Bruce Brown or fucking Paxton or something like the Claxton, whatever his name is, beat you <laughs> in the seven game series. I mean, the fucking Heat did it with um, what's his face, Bryn Forbes, in the last time they played in the playoffs. Yeah, you know what? That fucking ruined them. But that was the whole strategy going into that series. You didn't want Giannis to go off. They succeeded yeah. out of all the four teams that they played to win the championship. Miami had the best defensive strategy on Giannis, and they still lost in a sweep. But you know what? You tip your cap if Brim Forbes goes off like that. Brian, yeah. I got to be honest with you. Like in in When you look at a guy like KD, I'd actually be surprised if they just give up that switch every time. And the reason is because Miami, you know, when they did it to LeBron, it was with the implication of as soon as LeBron beats his man, we are going to collapse and send everybody into the paint. Kevin Durant is looking for that one dribble pull-up. He and, and that's my thing about the dribble handoffs as well. When you have a guy like Durant or when you run handoffs, you isolate plays and you essentially phase help out. Because if you run a Duncan and Bam handoff with your intention to be a Duncan three, if Giannis is not defending that action, Giannis cannot fly weak side and affect that. Right. Mm-hmm. Same with Durant isolating hero in a pick and roll. And when he's when you know he's going to pull up and get to his spot, 
if they clear a side like Miami does a lot where they'll empty a side and they'll just run kind of a clear side pick and roll with with kind of the big flashing or whatever. If you don't double Duran immediately, he's just going to get to a pull up and that's a layup for him. So I I actually would be really curious as to how they defend that in the playoffs. They might either just not switch it, kind of play Bam super high up the level and maybe force a slip pass and then have that help pre-rotate from the corner and then force that corner guy to make a three with the, with the rotation. I don't know, but I, I would be surprised if they just let Tyler die on an island with Durant, you know. I think he'd throw a very hard hedge on the pick and roll because that's probably what Durant would want to yeah. do. And, and then you just try to recover on whoever that big man would make him a passer at, at that point. You, you, you know? do. And then obviously if Kyrie's in the game, that's a little different because then you have an extra shoot. I mean, they have the shooting to make it. Kyrie is a guy that you can collapse on, though, because Kyrie is going to try to get to the basket, get fouled. So Mm -hmm. you can send help at him and you feel better about it. But like, again, the Durant, the the specific issue here is that they don't have a big man to really beat you like that you're scared of. So that actually helps. They're all going to have sets somewhere out there. Unless Ben Simmons is a guy you're scared of, like on the pick and roll. Maybe that might be. He might not even play this this year. It might not play, but say say he does play in that series. Is that a guy you're scared of, you know, going off for a quick almost double hedging and then trying to recover on Ben Simmons? If Ben Simmons has the ball in his hand late game and in the Nets game, you win because the ball's not in Durant. I'm talking him as a screener. I'm not talking him as a ball handler. I'm talking Durant. Durant brings up Ben Simmons. Simmons comes in and short rolls. If if Simmons catches a ball on a roll, you foul him and that's it. Yeah. That doesn't worry me. It's okay. just him as a screener is effective, but it's again, it's it's just I don't even I don't even send help from the corner yeah. if I'm being honest. I, I I just try to contest and make him finish, or I make him finish through contact, and I know he doesn't like going to the line, and that's what I do. I don't know. I, I think Miami Miami may want to send help, but I mean if I'm doing it, that's what I do. He just doesn't and, factor into my yeah. my. my and Ben Simmons, he also doesn't want to take the layup either. He wants to kick it out. And so yeah, don't give them what yeah, he like wants. you said. Def- yeah, definitely don't help off the corner. If Ben Simmons is going to go get <laughs> you will. 30 points, it's like, come on. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's one series. We're talking about other series. I mean, that's probably yeah. the, of all the isolation scores. That's the one we, we probably are scared the most. But like the other guy would be what? Probably Tatum and, and then maybe what? Middleton. So one thing I think Miami should do is watch uh, to the guy you mentioned, Bryn Forbes film. Because I, I thought the way that the Bucks hedged and recovered against the Heat last playoffs was really interesting. And it really, they kind of hedged really, really high. And it made Jimmy kind of take a, an extra dribble to go around. And the drop man was able to step up. And they were able to contain a lot of that stuff. So if I'm Miami, I look at some of that. I think they can, I, they haven't really implemented the hedge and recover too much, but I do think that when push comes to shove against matchups like KD, against matchups like LeBron, where they did it some, you know, they'll, they'll kind of incorporate that. I don't think Tyrese Maxey's the guy that you're going to hedge and recover on. Yeah, and no. again, Tyrese Maxey hits step back threes and you're just like, okay, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, uh, Tyrese Maxey hit, two, what was it, two or three step back threes and had a block at the rim on Caleb yeah. Martin to win you the game. Yeah, this I, is one of those, that's one of those situations where I'm fine. the guy's just in the zone. He's just not going to, whatever you do, he's like Brian said, he's just not going to miss. And part of that is Tyler, you know, I'm sure guys look at Tyler and their eyes open up and they're like, oh, wow, I, I'm yeah. happy. And, and, you know, I wish um, I wish somebody had asked Jimmy or Spo, you know, late in that game when, when Jimmy came to help, if that was a Spo directive or if that was Jimmy, like, okay, I got to help him. 
Because I, I, I'm actually curious if that was a system thing or if that was a Jimmy like, okay, we're just not doing this. We're not doing this for a fourth time. Yeah, but they, they need to start doing that earlier, though. I think that I think, you can't give guys the same look every time because you'll – I think that's the complicated – because I thought about that too, Kenny. I was like – because I was watching the game with Alex uh, Toledo, and he was like, send help, send help. And I'm like, yeah. And then I thought about it. I was like, I mean, but you just can't like give them the same look every time. Like these are, these are good NBA players. You know what I mean? Like they're going to beat a coverage if they see it two times in a row. Yeah. So Yeah, and you're right because then they also had Korkmaz who was hot for some fuck fucking that guy. reason. And also, um, and he wasn't even end. playing at all for like almost a month. Yeah, like he, that, this it's fucking Korkmaz. I the thing I hate about the Heat is that they always allowed us to happen, but I feel like they're always a better team when they're actually playing against like a full strength team. Like they always fucking yeah. do this in the regular season. When every time they play against a team that they don't, they don't feel like they have to worry or or, or play to the level of competition that they probably should against NBA teams on a night to night basis. And it feels like these last three games in particular that they've played, and I tweeted this out yesterday, they're just trying to coast through the regular season. And to me, the worst thing that they could do, besides getting injured, is building some bad habits. Yeah. I will say, though, the only thing, and this is not an excuse I'm making, but let's say they spent, I don't know, a week preparing for, or how many days did they have off? Two, right? They had two days off before this game. They had fucking six days off in like a seven, I'm, like I'm seven like, days. Like, like on specifically this game. It was like, I believe, two yeah. days. Yeah, they had two days. So they, they, had they played two, they Friday two days. and they yeah. played Monday. So they're preparing for Embiid and Harden. They have all these schemes. They're watching all this film. And then two hours before the game, these guys are not playing. They should be more prepared for the other guys, but I kind of understand how they weren't. But that's not much of an excuse because in the second half, you do kind of make an adjustment at some point. Like, okay, um... We need to do something about Korkmaz and fucking Maxi. Um, but I do get at least the first half. I'm struggling. Twitter, Twitter once again changed their layout or UI on mobile. I'm sorry. I'm just like really mad. I don't like it. <laughs> I, I hate when Twitter makes changes. Fucking Twitter. Um, sorry. I, I got minorly distracted. It's like, why do you change yeah. stuff? Why can't you just leave it? The app is perfectly fine. It's a great app. It worked fantastic. Now what they did was they they pushed the avatars up, right? So the avatar plus your ad is one line, and then all the text and pictures go under it, right? Instead, remember, oh, the avatar used to terrible. be to the left of your text, and it was all like one kind yeah. of rectangle. Now they do, and I don't like it. It's just, I don't, I don't like it. I don't, I don't, it makes it look like Instagram. I don't want it to be like Instagram. Oh, I pretty Instagram. much never update my stuff anyway, so mine still looks the old way. I don't know. Can okay. we all agree that Instagram sucks? I hate Instagram. Um, I don't really use Instagram that often. It's I, fucking videos now. They don't even post pictures anymore. Well, man, sometimes they're fun. I mean, they're it's Instagram's like glorified, re-aggregated TikTok, but I refuse to get TikTok. Yeah, I mean, YouTube I has one, this fucking YouTube Shorts thing. Back Why does everybody day, want video? There's too many video content many things videos. out there. Just let's get back to the old days. How do people watch? <laughs> like, I don't know. I like scrolling Twitter because it's a quiet activity. People love videos yeah. now. You know, I, there's no more quiet fucking social media activity. While we say this on Twitch stream. <laughs> you know. Subscribe yeah, right. to our <laughs> Twitch, twitch.tv slash Miami Heat if you're listening on the podcast. And if you want to catch the replay, watch it on YouTube. Along with along with uh, Tiffany Meek's Mix Bag, which is a bi-monthly mailbag show. Check that out as Kenny is going to scooch to the right and get in the center of his camera by looking at the oh, that movie. Yeah, no, we're, good. we're coaching, baby. We're coaching. <laughs> 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's, that's, I just wanted to talk about that a little bit because that's kind of where I'm at with, with Tyler and the clutch stuff and the Jimmy stuff. I, I just don't talk about it a lot because it's like, really, we can sit here and criticize, but there's not a lot they can do schematically. I mean, really, I mean, okay. You're like, okay, maybe Tyler can run some pick and roll and stuff. And like, you can give the ball to Lowry sometimes. At the end of the day, Jimmy is a screener, man. Your best offensive player needs the ball at the end of the game and it needs to be able to make a play. And yeah. if he's gonna suck in the clutch, they're not just not gonna win. They're just not gonna win a title. It's just they can. That that's just too much to overcome. Like if that guy is just a negative spacer and a bad player, like an offensive player in the clutch, you're just not gonna win. And he's a good clutch player. Like on offense, like his offense, like he's he's good. He's a good player. Like he's a good isolation player. Like he, you know, he just, you know, sometimes it just looks bad. But I think that that stuff will correct itself. And in the playoffs, he does. I don't want to accuse Jimmy of this, but at times Jimmy looks like he's coasting, uh, which yeah. to be fair, after a certain point of the season, they lost a little bit of edge. And I think it's when, I don't know when it was exactly. It might've been after that Western conference road trip where they lost all those guys and they had a really good record and they beat Phoenix and stuff like that. To me, that was like, okay, we're good. You know what I mean? Like we're fucking good. And after that, you know, they kind of got the one seed soon thereafter. And it's just kind of been like, I don't know. I just don't feel like this team has a, the sense of urgency that they had early in the season. So I expect them to look a little different in the playoffs. Um, but, you know, I do. I did think the schematics of Hero as a defender was interesting. What you got, Brian? There was a game where I felt like they had that intensity. And that was that Chicago game, especially that first quarter. Yes. Yes. Because mm-hmm. I was personal against the Bulls because I think that the Bulls and the Heat were really the two cute stories. And I hate to call but that, the Heat at a that cute time. Story, I yeah. think they were also tied for first place, too, right? Yes. Yeah. They were. Yeah. But I think it's more so what Brian said. They do just tend to not get up for teams they feel like they should beat. And that's been an annoying Heat thing pretty much my whole life because you can't go in there underestimating teams. And so I'm sure, and, well, and actually, they, no, they did come out playing hard in the beginning of the game, and then they just lost their shit in the fourth quarter for whatever reason. Offensively, yeah. Defensively, they were not. Yeah. But like you said also, they just can't build these bad habits. And they confuse me too because they will have games where like, oh, yeah, of course they're close and they're ready for the playoffs, but then they won't rest guys. They need to rest sometimes. And so I don't know what their direction is right now. Are they just preparing for the playoffs or are they still trying to win? What is it? Yeah, I'm just, 
I, I think they'll be fine. I'm sorry. I just cannot get over this fucking yeah. Twitter UI. I, I'm like, it's, it, I'm telling you, my day's legitimately ruined. Oh, there's, I, there's some big news, but it's not heat related. What is it? The Dolphins sign a, a left tackle, a Hall of Fame left tackle. I don't care. I, care about, I haven't watched the Dolphins. Since I care about I know, Mike you're, Ryan. You're a Jax fan. That's I care about Mike Ryan <laughs> becoming a Jax fan, and that's it. Although, although, although Crab said you'd be, you'd be in the same fan base as me, and then Mike said that's a point against the Jags, so. Also, shout out to the Panthers for going all in. I don't care about them either. The pan, like the Carolina Panthers. No, no, no. The Florida Panthers. I don't care about them. No one cares about no Carolina Panthers. <laughs> I don't. I don't care about hockey. I'm sorry. I just. I don't. I don't. They, they actually have a better chance of winning a championship than you. You know, I, I like exactly three sports. I like basket. I like the NBA because I don't even like college basketball. I think college basketball fucking sucks. I don't it's, like watching. Yes, I know. I, I was watching a lot of because I had a March Madness bracket like at, for work, and um, obviously yeah. you're invested because you want to try to win money. So I watched some of these games. I'm like, damn, nobody can shoot a three. Everybody's holding the ball up until like the final. Like they have like the the, my, the thing the I hate most about college basketball. Yeah, the shot clock takes forever to fuck. They just pass it around three guys in the perimeter before they decide to actually drive it in. And every time they drive it in, they can't get more than like to the free throw line and then they kick it back out for a fucking terrible three or they and run sometimes these and guys roll. make these like 40 feet three-point shots and like you know that's never gonna work in the nba <laughs> if they ever want to get there i don't like it i just so yeah i only like the nba tennis and soccer oh, and so that's bad. it that's, tennis is good tennis is a great sport i like, I like tennis. i really want to go to the miami open but there are too many heat games i got invited did you see that that um that jimmy game. has like a big yeah. face coffee stand or big something? face coffee has a pop-up at the inner at the um at the miami open at hard rock so if you're like myself and are very curious uh you want to stop by and have some big face i, I may make it out this weekend uh because i review uh, we we're thinking about we're thinking about doing something about you know reviewing Big Face Coffee with Brass or so or that that's in the works. Um, but yeah, guys, I mean that's that's really what I wanted to get to today. I wanted to talk about kind of this this clutch stuff and and particularly Tyler because he was kind of the 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 uh, the ire of some of the fan base last night and some of the more national yeah, media was, people. I think the I think the, I think local fans were pretty easy on Tyler. I think the national media, which is why I wanted to talk about it, was like hmm, that's interesting. But here's the thing. The national media always talks about the heat whenever they do something that's not like them winning. Brian, they like literally like, like people literally they don't only take talk this about it seriously. whenever they fucking do something that's not good. They don't take this team seriously. And really, the no, only team, don't. the only team in the East that they take seriously are the Bulls. And like if like Harden, and the Nets still, they fucking talk about the Nets and they're still in but eighth like place. actual basketball people like don't. But like I'm pretty like most actual basketball people like don't really take the heat that seriously either. Like the only team in the East that people like take seriously, like basketball people. No one can talk about this team. Just nobody like Nikias doesn't even take him seriously. Zach Lowe can't even talk about this team. Nikias doesn't even like the Donald can barely talk about this team without getting into narratives. Uh, I love George alone. I love George. <laughs> um, they're good. I think that. I think. And and I said oh, this. Uh, Alex asked me yesterday. He's like, "Who are your title favorites?" And I'm like, "Phoenix, Miami, Milwaukee. Like that's it. Those are the only <laughs> three teams." I envision winning a title unless the Warriors get like really healthy and like they have to like Steph and Draymond have to be like good to go. And then I put them in the list, but I, I just can't see Philly or the Chicago or, you know, Brooklyn or Utah or Memphis or any of these like what about Boston. 
Yeah, probably Boston too. I probably have to put. I just this is something about the Celtics. I, the thing about Boston, I, just don't is I need to see offense. in the playoffs. I, I need just, to see in the playoffs again. Yeah, I, and Boston's clutch offense has also been terrible, which is kind of weird because they have Jason Tatum, who they can go to. But yeah, that's what, just, what I'm saying. Like Kenny, they don't have enough is, shooting. Weird. They don't. The yeah. Celtics. So the thing with the Celtics are like I think Milwaukee would absolutely boat races like the Celtics. I think that that's as unwinnable a matchup for them as possible because they just. They're just gonna get killed. Like they don't have a Giannis answer, and if Rod, like Time Lord, is like their best solution, but he's also their weak side defender. So if you're putting him on the ball on Giannis, like that really takes away that their advantage of having him mm-hmm. from the corner come in and help. So that's a matchup to me that looks, you know, they need to get out of that bracket. So like, you know, I was talking to our friend Kev, and Kev said, "I'm happy that the Sixers won because I need Boston to be four. And they need to get out of the Milwaukee bracket, but they keep winning. So it's like <laughs> they're gonna, they might get stuck at a two, three Milwaukee, you know? So actually how, at, how amazing would that bracket be for Miami though? If, if the Celtics and Milwaukee got two, three. Yeah. That's ideal. And, and, that's and why probably, last night sucked. Yeah. And then you, and you still need Cleveland to probably fall to seven. Like if you can get Toronto to, to climb the six and you got Cleveland falling to seven. Then you're basically having a seven eight match, and we talked about this a couple of pods ago with Kenny. You have a seven eight matchup where where Kyrie gets to play in Cleveland on the road for a chance to get the seven seed. And that means Cleveland would then fall to eighth if they win that um, eight to whatever nine to ten matchup, whoever that would be from yeah, the Hornets so saying and, that, um, that Brooklyn and Charlotte yeah. side. So right now, yeah. so Philly, Milwaukee, and Boston are all have a three way tie for second place. Uh all two and a half back of Miami. I guess Boston is percentage points behind Milwaukee and Philly, who are 6.620 in win percentage. So, um, you know, it's going to be, I think that's going to be the interest. And that's what, listen, if Miami had won yesterday, that that's why I said on pregame, Kenny, you know, this game may not matter to a lot of people, but pushing Philly into four and yanking Boston into out of their Miami's bracket is huge. Because mm-hmm. that's a matchup. Gonna come, but they now need to beat Boston on the road. Miami, I think that's next week. Miami. They need to win that game. The Heat. Yes. I don't think they need to win that game, but I, they need. I think they need to win that game so they can give themselves a better. The, if they beat the Warriors without anybody, they beat the Knicks and then they beat the Nets. Like okay, but I'm, I'm talking about pushing Boston. They like Boston keeps winning. The rest of if their schedule is down. That'd be nice. No, you no, you need Boston to win that game to get into two or three. You need. This is true. Yeah. So you have the Warriors. All right, he, lose that game. Let's sub everybody. Yeah. Rest everybody. <laughs> the remaining schedule is uh, at home against the Warriors, Knicks, Brooklyn, Kings, Celtics, Bulls, Raptors, Hornets, Hawks, Magic. That's what we're looking at to end the season. Ooh, you need to let the Raptors win too. Oh man, finally we're almost done. Man, the regular season is a fucking grind. You do content. I was talking to Alex about this. You know. Shout out to Brady Hawk, who has enthusiasm every day. That shit got beat out of me. Now I'm just like, God damn. I was like, one of the playoffs. I'm tired. Where's the playoffs? I'm um, fucking yeah, tired. Kenny, you just started. I mean, shit. Brian and I have been doing this <laughs> 10 years. You, can't, you know what I mean? Shit gets old. You're like, oh, they lost a game in Philly on a fucking in March on a Tuesday. Kenny's on a show every other day now. It's great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Kenny's aged 10 years already. Watch, man. Like, <laughs> it's tough out here. In the season, in the season you're going to have like... You need like surgery for Next your season, throat you're gonna you're be have, sick like, of it. You're gonna like hate that. the. You're gonna be advocating for a fucking thirty game regular season because you're just tired of doing shows every day. 
time. You're talking, you're talking for 48 minutes is going to be like up here. You're using trade. <laughs> I've never felt more media than when I'm, and I'm watching seating because I how it affects my travel plans. I have a, I have a wedding and I'm like, Oh my God, if they need, if the heat need this bracket, because then if they won't play this weekend, so I can go to this wedding in peace. By the way, I'll I, never forget me having a wedding during game three. You're the worst. I don't like, but how was I supposed to plan that? How was I supposed to plan, plan that they were gonna have a bubble? Yeah, that that wasn't your pandemic. fault. That wasn't your fault. My friends who plan a fucking wedding on Memorial Day weekend—that's Easter Conference Finals. What are you doing to me? And it's expensive to fly there. California's not cheap to fly to right now. Putin's fucking everything up for us, and it's expensive. So, I've only been to one wedding before, like, but that was at night. I don't know why they don't do them. In no, the nobody in Kenny's life loves each other. <laughs> Holy shit, hey, I really? Love only one wedding? <laughs> we love you, Kenny. I love y'all too, man. I saw, I know, saw, this, been one wedding. I saw this TikTok and it's like a, a, an economic way to have a wedding. You know, instead of asking people to fill out a registry, they buy tickets to your wedding so that they can what? pay. And I'm like, if you fucking send me a Ticketmaster link instead of a goddamn registry, I'm fucking egging your house. Fuck you. <laughs> Honestly, like, I don't. Like I've known people who got married. I just don't care to. Kenny's like I don't I'm believe not that people. Kenny's like I don't I'm believe that that's, people. That's a really bad way to do a registry because that prevents you from getting a really expensive. Like you're basically limiting them to how much you want them. Well, to no, because the idea is is that like the wedding will be free because everyone is paying a ticket to attend your wedding. How much is this fucking ticket then? I don't know. I imagine it's weddings expensive. are expensive. Like how much? Their, their guest list better be like two hundred. Plus, probably, and you're charging them like what five hundred? The food alone's like two hundred dollars. I would be fucking pissed if somebody sends me a fucking. I trust me, I know ticket. I plan the wedding. This shit's not cheap, but there's I, no I way never you thought can of pay that. off so, a whole wedding on just a ticket. So what? Yeah, like so what? If let's say you man, I mean, what's a wedding like? Twenty thousand dollars. I paid just about over twenty, and that was for twenty five people. Twenty people. You weren't even there. I still paid for your table, bro. I was scared seat. of COVID. That we weren't even vaccinated then. We didn't even have a vaccine. I was scared. Well, I still had to pay for it. I, I know, but I was back. scared. I was Brian had a wedding. I was the best man. And I was like, Brian, I'm scared. It's scary out there. That shit could kill me or my family. <laughs> so my poor the mess mom has a from fucked up this, lung. Still the message from all this and from what I want to tell the viewers at home, don't ever find love. <laughs> don't ever find love? <laughs> Never find love. Heartbreaking, this- heartbreaking five. <laughs>